0: Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast, May 31st, 2011. 10 years ago, it was announced that the Atlanta Thrashers would be moving to Winnipeg. A huge day for hockey in this city, and to talk about it, our sports director Kelly Moore talked to the commissioner of the NHL, Gary Bettman, as well as assistant general manager of the Winnipeg Jets, Craig Heisinger. You will hear both of those conversations just ahead on the podcast. Ten years ago, today, may thirty first, twenty eleven, it was announced that the NHL would be coming back to Winnipeg. An incredible day it was, from all I've listened to, all I've seen, all I've read, because full disclosure, I was not here on this date in twenty eleven. I was working in a stone quarry near Owen Sound, Ontario, near Shallow Lake, Ledge Rock, and we were doing our job, and I remember the we had the rock station on, called the Bull at the time. It doesn't exist anymore, but we heard the breaking news stinger. Not at the top or bottom of the hour, so that only happens usually when there's like a car accident and some roads are closed in the area. But they say uh, the team in Atlanta's been purchased and it's moving to Winnipeg, and I thought to myself, well, that's neat. Because I'd done a history project in grade 10. On the Winnipeg Jets. Not ever thinking I'd ever end up here. And when I heard the news they were coming to Winnipeg, that's cool. But then they weren't very good for a few years. I always thought it would be nice to see them do well just because the crowd loved them. seemed like they really cared about the team. But again, it never crossed my mind for one second that I'd end up in Winnipeg. Until basically the time I found out, hey, do you want to interview for this job? And I'm like, oh sure, Winnipeg, why not? And here we are, ten years later, in the city of Winnipeg and the Jets are going to be playing hockey in June, starting Wednesday. But in the meantime, let us look back on this big anniversary. We've got conversations for you today. Some clips from people that know very much the history of the hockey club in this city. And we will start our look back with a conversation with a man who people in the peg, I'm sure, have mixed feelings about. And that's Commissioner Gary Bettman in charge of the league when the 1.0 Jets left town and remaining in charge when the second iteration arrived. CGOB Sports Director Kelly Moore had the chance to chat with the commission about that fateful day 10 years ago and the events that led up to it.
1: First off, Commissioner Bettman, thank you for doing this. I know you are extremely busy these days, uh, but if you could, can you flash back to this day 10 years ago and, and tell us what you remember of it from when you left for Winnipeg and when you arrived in our city? Well...
2: You know, you're asking a great question, but we've got to back up a little bit. Uh, Mark Chipman had been talking to me for years about the possibility of bringing the team back to Winnipeg. And he and David Thompson were committed to doing everything possible to make that happen. And it was a combination of having an updated arena. It was also a combination, I think Mark would tell you this, having a new economic system to relieve so markets like Winnipeg could be competitive, not just survive. Uh, And the energy that was emanating from Winnipeg leading up to the announcement, particularly from the individuals I was dealing with, was palpable. I remember flying in the morning of the announcement, uh, the buzz, the excitement from everybody who saw whether it was the police officers or people, you know, who we came in contact with who were working in the arena. Uh, everybody was literally on cloud nine. It looked like people were walking on air and it, it, you could feel it. And it was fun to do. And it was also exciting to me because we wanted to bring a team back to Winnipeg.
1: Well, it uh, certainly uh, was felt by all the citizens in this city and province as well, commissioner, you mentioned that uh, you know this process did not start overnight, and and these arrangements are never ever easy. They are sometimes complicated. So from that aspect, when did the exact process start? And do you remember any kind of highlights or lowlights along the way? Because you know, let's face it, Winnipeg had, had a couple of false starts before this. You, you know, it, it was really a question of getting acquainted with Mark. More- after we
2: came back from the year-long work stop, Mark came to see me, and he, he was very focused on what we had accomplished in collective bargaining, uh, without which, according to him, he wouldn't be in my office visiting and even suggesting we were bringing a team back. He said, but with the system we now have in place, we can make it here in Winnipeg. We've got an arena. You're going to have strong ownership. And we've got great fans. This team will be supported. And actually, when we made the announcements and tickets went on sale, if my memory serves me well, we were sold out like in 10 minutes or, or something like that, uh, and for many seats on a multi-year basis. And so we never doubted the bona fides of having a team in Winnipeg. The problem was when we just left, uh, there was no prospect of a new building and nobody wanted to own a team there anymore. And so it started with ownership, having a commitment, new ownership, having a commitment to having an NHL team in Winnipeg and having the arena uh, in place to be able to do that. And I know based on uh, the experiences that Mark had with the IHL franchise, he knew what he was doing. He knew the market. uh, But most importantly, he was comfortable that he could make it work with an NHL franchise under the circumstances, as they were now presenting themselves.
1: So I'm not sure when Atlanta came to you and said, it's no longer feasible for us, we're going to have to look at, at somewhere else, and you'd have this conversation with Mark. How much of, were you kind of the, the, the man in the middle of the broker, if you will, or how much did you participate in those discussions uh, directly, Mr. Bettman?
2: I, I think it was fair to say it was an arranged marriage. <laughs> uh, the, 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 what's interesting is the team was doing a lot better, uh, in Atlanta than people knew. In fact, it was doing better than the basketball team, but for a whole host of legal reasons, which I don't kind of even want to get into, the hockey team could move, but the basketball team couldn't. Uh, and once it was clear that the ownership in Atlanta needed to make some adjustments, putting together the interest in Winnipeg with The circumstances in Atlanta made perfect
1: sense. So as you well know, good secrets are hard to keep, and yet everybody kept the cards in their pocket on this one.
2: Yeah, they did. But again, uh, Mark Chipman and David Thompson, uh, but really boots on the ground, Mark Chipman, um, really handled this transaction magnificently. He was a man with a purpose. His mission had been over a number of years, uh, but but he was really focused on what he had to do to get this done and what he shouldn't do to undermine it, uh, and and I think secrecy was paramount until the announcement of getting it done.
1: Now, it it seems to me, I recollect, uh, and again, if, if you could clarify this, this would be great, that the deal itself had not been put to bed. Uh, while you were traveling to Winnipeg, is that accurate? And if so, then you know what what kind of happened from the time you arrived here till you stepped up to the microphone. And that's you know, there, there's, there's
2: a lot of water under this bridge that's transpired uh, <laughs> over the last decade. But I, I, my recollection is everything was basically done. They just had to sign it because if it was still. Uh, a question mark, I'm not sure I would have gotten on the plane to come. But I was comfortable enough to know that whatever I's had to be dotted and T's had to get crossed, it was going to get done.
1: You talked about how you could feel the energy. You could feel the positivity when you uh, arrived uh, at the airport, the international airport here in Winnipeg. As you were traveling to the venue where you were going to make the announcement, uh, What kind of thoughts were running through your head? Was it a carefully researched speech, or was it the kind of thing where you wanted to speak from your heart? Well, first of all, it wasn't my first trip to Winnipeg.
2: I had been there uh, previously when when the first uh, jets were there. Uh, I, I was really focused on the fact that we were doing something that we knew was important. I could... Feel the energy. I could see the excitement as we were driving from the airport. I was thinking to myself, it was great to be back, and it didn't need to be a scripted moment. Uh, the the how good a moment this was, how emotional it was for everybody. The excitement, the happiness it was all palpable, and really, I just wanted to enjoy that moment with all of the people that were so excited that we were coming back.
1: When you look back now on these past 10 years, could this have gone any better than what you envisioned? Well, I think the, the fans
2: uh, of the Jets would tell you a Stanley cup would be a, a, a nice way to celebrate the return. But in terms of how this organization has been run uh, how much a part of the community the Jets are. The stewardship by Mark Chipman and David Thompson has been as good as we could have hoped for. But perhaps most importantly, the fans have been sensational. Everything that Mark told us they were going to be, and even more. I remember being for the first game on opening night, and you you could just feel it. You could see it. It was ha- this was a big deal for a city, particularly a city like Winnipeg that missed having NHL hockey. And, and it was really an honor and a privilege to be in a position to bring a team back.
1: Yeah, When did you arrive for that game against the Montreal Canadiens? Because, of course, it you know, was the NHL fanfare that was held for the two or three days leading up to that. Uh, Commissioner I Bettman, fired. it was amazing the atmosphere and the energy in this city. We we were we were chronicling it and following it in the media. I think I flew in that day.
2: And and it it, it was like riding a wave. <laughs> I mean, it was that energized.
1: Yeah. So I guess you're not surprised at all that when the game ended against Edmonton the other night at one oh six AM locally, that uh, an hour later cars were still circling around the arena hawking their horns. <laughs> I,
2: I was I was watching the game on Eastern time. Uh, and And it was remarkable to see my only regret is that the building wasn't full with the fans. I mean we're living in in times that are challenging and not normal, and health and safety throughout the last fourteen months has been paramount uh, but my My guess is people in Winnipeg were glued to their radios or their televisions or their phones watching the game, and and it was truly a great moment for the fans and the franchise.
1: Commissioner, thank you for this. Very much appreciative of your time, knowing how limited it is.
2: Uh, Happy to be with you. Everybody should stay safe and be healthy. I know it's a difficult time, uh, but hopefully following the Jets can give everybody a sense of unity and normalcy. Be well.
0: And we continue to look back on this date 10 years ago, the anniversary of the announcement that NHL hockey is coming back to Winnipeg. We check in again with our sports director, Kelly Moore, who spoke with Craig Heisinger, who was then GM of the Manitoba Moose, is now the assistant general manager, senior vice president, and director of hockey operations for the Winnipeg Jets.
1: Well, 10 years ago, Craig Heisinger, I'll bet, well, I don't know if you'd be any busier than you are these days, but... uh... Can you go back to that magical spring of 2011, and uh, the uh, whether it was the weeks, the days, or the months that led up to May 31st of 2011?
3: Well, I I, I think for us uh, in hockey ops, it was more years than it was weeks, months, or days. Um, I mean, it, it was kind of always on the on the I don't know the back burner, and it, it moved to the front burner there um quite quite quickly um i mean i think there was more outward positivity than maybe there was inward positivity at, at certain periods of time i mean i certainly wasn't ever a believer that the nhl was coming back to winnipeg and i've stated that many times and probably never really bought into it till the till the that day when when uh, everything got finalized in the morning and it certainly wasn't done it certainly wasn't done the night before, so um, that, that's what you think about. And, and you know what in, what ensued after the, the relocation of of Atlanta to Winnipeg, uh, the Moose to St. John's, uh, just just everything. I mean, that's probably two years prior to that, and and three years after that. That five year span is is time that it's even hard to recollect what what happened in that time because it was
1: an awful lot yeah because at the time it should also be remembered you were the general manager of the manitoba moose you were heading up the hockey operation at that time for truno sports and entertainment there was no kevin shovel day off there was no larry simmons uh, right was most of that on your shoulders craig because for the longest time of course you know that was a, a one-person position
3: Yeah. I mean, everything was, everything was hockey was flowing through either myself or Mark. That, that was, that was for sure. Um, um, And it, it, it didn't take us long to get support in, in place, but yeah, there's, there's no doubt for the six months leading up until May 31st was when things really started to heat up. And, and obviously there was, there was deadlines that you, yeah, that you face at that time on the NHL's uh, critical dates calendar that decisions had to be made uh, with with some input from us. So, yeah, there was there was there was lots going on. I mean, you 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 get through it, or you look at your daily list, not your weekly or monthly list, because it was pretty daunting. If you could get through one day at a time, you were in pretty good shape.
1: Now, you mentioned that you know it didn't become confirmed reality for you till the day that all the announcements were made but would was there ever a point whether it was a, a week two days three days or whatever that you would allow yourself to actually you know you let your guard down and say hey this is happening it's it's going to happen yeah.
3: you know I, I don't know I it was a little bit different for me like uh, I think it was a little bit different for me I'd, I'd been in the NHL you know, and chose to stay in Winnipeg and Manitoba because that was what was best for my family, you know? Um, so I'm not, it's a hard question for me to answer. Like there'd been a lot of time and effort and put in and and the rug had been pulled out more than once. So, Mm -hmm. um, you, you, you kept your emotions, I mean, pretty close to your chest and, um, even, even going to bed the, the night on May 30th, uh, I never felt it was done because I, I never thought it was done. You know, it was done in the morning of the 31st.
1: I'm not sure how much you had to expand the inner circle as you went along here, but I'm thinking for the longest time it was basically yourself and Mark that knew what was going on.
3: Yeah, it was it was a it was it was a tight circle. I mean, there's obviously, you know, Jim Ludlow played a big part in it, John Olford played a big part in it. I mean, there there's there Norma Riddell, there's there's lots of people that 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 played a part in it, but it was that it was that same group that was doing all those same things with the moose sales and marketing and and in legal affairs and and, and all those things with the moose that um, we're doing all the jet stuff at that time, so it was a tight inner circle. I mean we're we're we're, we're pretty good at at, at at keeping water out of the boat at the best of times and and um, and we did a good job
1: there too. Yeah, you certainly did. I was just going to say you or Mark have never had difficulties uh, keeping a secret, and I think you could say the same thing for the organization, but was there ever any time Craig? where you wanted to, and maybe not you, but, you know, in conversations with everybody where uh, the the information, you know, slipped out, whether it was a conversation around a loved one or, you know, you were, you know, out in the middle of somewhere, there weren't Zoom calls like there are now, so a lot of it was no. telephone and that, you know?
3: No, I, I, I never really felt the obligation or the inclination to share with anybody, no.
1: Yeah, yeah, even though you knew how, excited and and how it was ramping up in this city i mean it, yeah. was, it was pretty crazy people, before the before the day
3: people had been disappointed before you know the jets had left once before you know there was lots of speculation that arizona might wind up back here there was all kinds of speculation over the years so um any any more false hope wasn't going to do anybody any good so it was it was best that the way the story came out that everything was factual and it and it was and it was ready to go
1: can you share when the the deal was how many days in advance of May 31st or was it like the night before that it actually became uh, a, an arrangement and, and you know it was it was going to take place it,
3: it was it was my opinion that it was finalized the morning of May 31st um, I, when, when, when mr. Bettman was leaving uh, Peterborough uh, the morning of May 31st to fly for the press conference. My recollection is that it wasn't completed at that point.
1: So, so even though everybody was giving up. He, this he, he was,
3: he was, it, he was coming, but, and it was like, it better be finalized when I get there, I think.
1: How intense was that?
3: Well, I think it was a lot more intense for Mark than it was for me. Um, and um, obviously they were, they, they were in, in the inner, inner circle working out the details, but I think Mark was confident it would get done, but it, but it, My recollection is it wasn't done until that morning.
1: What do you remember about that day, uh, Zing? Is there anything in particular uh, that happened during that day that has stood out with you 10 years later?
3: That day? Um, I, I don't know. I would probably say the thing that stood out for me, I think, is that I I think it would be that my parents were there. Um, I think that's what would stand out because, you know, I remember the horrific look in their eyes when I told them out of high school, I was going to give hockey a try. Um, And like that just didn't resonate with them. That just wasn't a job. And I had promised them that I would just give it three years and see if I could make a run at it. If I, if it didn't work out, I wasn't going to be a gypsy. I wasn't going to bounce all over. I was going to give it three years and see if it worked out. So I guess from a selfish point of view, it was a culmination of it worked out.
1: Yeah. yeah. But the days that followed, uh, you know, of course, there was the drive to 13,000 and those sort of things. Was there ever even a sliver of doubt in the organization's mind that that would not be accomplished, you know, for all the season ticket drive?
3: Yeah. You know what? I, I don't, I don't know. And I don't think so because the only drive I took after that was to Atlanta and back in the equipment truck. So uh, I don't know, like that, that was, that was a little different for me. Um, I think everybody, it, it was, it was easy to say, yeah, I'm going to buy tickets. It's harder to put down a deposit. Um, but, but, but people stepped up and and that, and that was a good thing. And I mean, we're, you know, coming out of coming out of the pandemic, we're probably going to face the same thing.
1: Yeah, true enough. Yeah, uh, Just as we get ready to wrap this up here, as a native Winnipegger, as someone who grew up and has lived in this city forever, you talked about, you know, what it meant to have your mom and dad there for that announcement. Do you think that this has had the effect on Winnipeg? I mean, the extra pep in the step, the puffing out of the chest, the, the the feeling that you know this city this province is back in the National Hockey League, uh, do you think that has been accomplished with with all that's been done in these last ten years?
3: Yeah, I I, I absolutely I absolutely do. Um, but it would be remiss to me to say, and I could say this to you, that the past ten years have no chance to happen without the previous fifteen of the Manitoba Moose. And people that think differently are beyond naive because that set the foundation of a new building, a good organization and one that earned the respect of the National Hockey League. And nothing ever will change my mind on that.
0: Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9.00 PM. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing then I don't have a show but I'll be part of the pre and post game coverage anyway thanks again for tuning in subscribe if you'd like we're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine so farewell until we meet again come on, and thanks for all of this. so sad that it come to this we try to warn you, of the you may not share our
1: intellect with might explain your